0: i'm sure you've already noticed today's episode is about how to talk with kids about their body but i don't want you to get the idea that this is just for mothers of children okay if you are an aunt a sister a babysitter or a volunteer in the church nursery If you hope to have children one day, this episode is still meant for you, Okay, very, very much so. Now, it was mothers who originally inspired this idea, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. So I'm sure I'm going to use the term mothers a lot, but I want you to know that it is absolutely extended to every listener. So for those of you who may be unfamiliar or new to our podcast, I am a certified fertility care practitioner. What this means is I work with women and couples to teach them how to chart their fertility and health using the body's cervical mucus. So it's incredibly effective, very insightful about both fertility and health issues, but it does involve making cervical mucus observations every time you go to the bathroom. So I get clients all the time who say, Caitlin, what am I supposed to do when all my bathroom visits have a child tagging along? You know, like, can I finger test cervical mucus in front of my kid? Is it going to scar them? What do I do? So ultimately, I am not going to tell you today whether or not you should make these observations in front of your child. That is totally up to you. You get to determine what you're comfortable with when it comes to educating your child about how bodies work. So, there's absolutely nothing wrong with choosing to go to the bathroom on your own or make cervical mucus observations when your child is not watching. Okay, so no problem at all. But if your child is in the room with you and you want to prepare for some type of conversation that may pop up, then today's episode is here to help you with that. Before working full time in this field of natural fertility, I worked for a leading Christian adoption orphan care ministry. And one thing that was stressed again and again by our amazing social workers was the importance of talking openly, casually, honestly about adoption with the child who was adopted. So decades before, adoption used to be really shrouded in secrecy, even from the child who was adopted, which would then lead to really breeding shame and sometimes deeply held identity issues within that child. So there were lots of kids who grew up thinking, if it's not talked about, then it must be bad as it relates to them. And guess what? (laughs) That assumption can apply to conversations about the body too. So think about how you were raised when it came to conversations about the body. What was that like for you? Was it something talked about casually and openly? Or was it something that was secretive and you had to learn about on your own? And Just to cover all my generations here, maybe you were reading about it dictionaries at school, or maybe you were searching the internet through Google. Okay, Lots of options, but still trying to figure it out on your own. So it is possible that I simply draw in women who were more in the on your own category, and that maybe that's not the large majority's experience but many of the women that I work with, when they talk about this, they share that they were indirectly or sometimes directly taught that their periods were embarrassing or gross or shameful, or that the only thing important about their body was that it be covered up at youth events. Am I right? (laughs) So if that was you, then you know how that can affect things in your life. Things like confidence, intimacy, knowledge, and advocacy, What if instead, from a young age, you were introduced to your body as this marvelous gift from God that it is? What if you felt comfortable in your body and grateful for all of the things it could do? What if you knew all the things that it could do? Because a lot of times we're not taught that. And what if you had a safe, trusted person in your life to whom you could ask any question about it, and you knew that they would help you figure out the answer? What if it wasn't embarrassing and shameful, but simply factual and really stinking cool? Even if it was still new and a little bit awkward as you were experiencing it, it would still have the potential to be life-changing. So I'm not saying that practicing Creighton in front of your kids will automatically change their lives for the better. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I wish I could say that. But what I'm really saying is that Creighton may be one way in which you can be open and honest and conversational about their good bodies and all that they were designed by God to do. What do you think? Crazy? Possible? Possible? exciting, terrifying. (laughs) If we were in person, this is definitely the point where I would pause and see what you think, but this is a podcast, so I'm going to keep going. So next time you're in the bathroom and your toddler or your child notices you or has questions or even that little curious look in their eye, you know what I'm talking about, consider bringing it up first. Maybe you could say something like, do you notice that mommy's body looks different than your body? Did you know that all of our bodies are different, but Jesus has a body just like we do? Mommy is paying attention to what her body is showing her. We want to take care of our bodies. And those, of course, are just a few suggestions. And yes, what if they are too young to understand? You may be thinking, I have an 18-month-old. They're not going to understand. No problem at all. Consider it practice for you. Okay, it's going to take a while to get used to talking about these things yourself. When was the last time you had to explain these bodily differences to somebody or had to describe all the amazing capabilities of your body or introduced how babies are made? So I think practice helps all of us. Plus, remember, it's just like that example of adoption that I gave. We can talk about these things early, even before it's a question. We can make it as casual and normal as possible for moms and kids to talk about their bodies and their questions. And of course, the conversations are going to look different when they're three than with their five and seven and nine, just like it's going to continue to be different as they get into those teen years. But you can start talking with them about how all bodies are made in the image of God and that they are good and beautiful and loved parts of us. You can start exploring the differences in bodies together. Every parent's going to have a preference on if they use anatomical terminology or a made-up word for those reproductive organs. But regardless, you can use the opportunity to teach about these things. You can especially talk about what a woman's body can do. Conversations may naturally develop from simply explaining that our bodies can help us know if we feel sick or healthy, to the fact that our bodies are a part of bringing a baby into the world. You can share how God designed breasts to provide milk when a new baby is born. The stuff is honestly really cool. And kids, especially girls, as they grow, they are interested. And what a great foundation for one day then sharing what that cervical mucus really is and all the amazing things that it can show you. And by that point, if you've had these years of little conversations here and there, it may even be natural to teach her to notice if she ever sees any mucus because she will. Long before her first period, her body will begin producing a vaginal discharge as her hormones begin fluctuating for that first time. So this can be celebrated and normalized, and you can start sharing about how girls' bodies have the unique ability to carry a baby, just like Hannah and Elizabeth and Mary did in the Bible. This does not mean that carrying a baby is the only purpose of a girl's body, but it is a unique ability that a girl has. But even long before that will ever happen, the body begins ovulating and menstruating. It still may be a little bit scary for her, blood in literally every other scenario has always meant that something is wrong, but she'll be prepared and knowledgeable, and she'll have someone she trusts to talk with about it. You're basically doing two major things. You are setting yourself up as the trusted person that is safe to ask questions and will be honest with them in answering those questions, and you're setting them up with what you wish you'd had growing up. Or maybe repeating what you had growing up if you had a great example that was set for you. So these kind of conversations may start at age four in the bathroom while you're practicing Creighton, but they can also happen anywhere and at any time. We all see things every day in this world that can spark some sort of conversation. If your eyes notice it, it is very possible that your child's eyes also notice it. In fact, I once overheard a conversation between a young girl and who I assume was her mother, there was a statue that showed a woman with a tunic that had fallen to her arm and that was revealing her breasts. And the little girl saw it and said, she should be wearing more clothes. And her mother responded, her body is so beautiful. Everybody is beautiful, but that doesn't mean we should show them to everybody. It was such this like quick interaction. And sure, there was more she could have said, maybe it wasn't even the most perfect way to phrase it, I don't know, but I felt like it changed the core message from one of shame to respect. Her body shouldn't be covered because it's shameful or embarrassing, but because every body is beautiful and deserves respect. I think especially in the Christian culture, it can be hard to fight the mostly unintentional shame culture. But open conversations like this do a great job of sharing knowledge, honoring natural questions and comments, revealing beauty and purpose, and teaching that respect that then leads to advocacy. These are things women all the time tell me that they wish they'd had growing up. And when they finally learn it as adults, They absolutely come alive with this new understanding of themselves, what it means to be a woman, their body, their relationship with God. I mean, they really do bloom in a beautiful way. And again, all of this we talked about today is not dependent only on these conversations in the bathroom. You can have these conversations under all sorts of conditions. But making the decision to be open and honest and safe I think that has the potential to make a huge difference for the whole next generation of girls. And this process takes prayer, okay? It's a big one. So even if this is exactly how you did grow up, it can still feel scary to try to answer questions and bring up things when you wanna do it all in the right way. So there's some great resources out there about how to do it, specific wording, those kind of things. But I think what's most important is to start with prayer. And I feel confident that the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words that you need and will give your child what they need to hear in that moment. So I'd love for us to end that way today. Creator God, who made each of us with love and intention, who created us male and female, who designed us to work together and with you to bring new life into the world, we thank you for loving us and loving us so much that you would design us in your image and send your son in flesh and blood. We pray that you transform our understanding of goodness and purpose for our bodies and give us a heart of worship as we desire to share this goodness and purpose with little ones that we love so dearly. When we feel scared, give us peace. When we feel unsure, give us truth. When we feel overwhelmed, give us hope. Provide our young girls, especially, with a holy respect for their bodies as they grow. Our attempts, God, are never going to be perfect, but we ask for your truth to break through anyway, Be with us each generation as we all seek to honor you by understanding our bodies and using them to worship you. Thank you for your steadfast love and faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As always, thanks for listening as we continue to explore together what it means to be woven well.